trainers and welcome to another episode of Everybody Loves Ride On. I'm your trainer, Mitchell the Beast Wolf, and I'm here with Dustin the Turtwig Jackson. Dustin, what's up? Hello. Here to talk today about the, the unveil of Pokemon Generation 9, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. How do you feel? That's right. It's another Pokemon. And guess what? You're going to catch him. You're going to walk in some towns. Um, <laughs> Wigglytuff might be there. Wigglytuff might be there. And we're always... Well, I, I think we should maybe save that for our Will Wigglytuff Be In It segment that we do every episode. But, uh, yeah, I you know... I just got so excited. I didn't want to wait. Yeah, I feel that way all the time. Uh, this is telling the tale. <laughs> uh, we have to get back to reality. It was a joke. Just kidding. Just kidding. We don't do a Pokemon show called Everybody Loves Right On. 97% of our audience turned off as soon as you said that. They said well, this they is thought the wrong it was podcast. an episode of, yeah, the wrong podcast. <laughs> We're lost. Where's the real one? Yeah, we we had to take about a half hour before we started recording today just to be like, hey, what even just happened with them <laughs> announcing Gen 9 of Pokemon just out of the blue with no warning or anything? Yeah, uh, we I, I think it could be good, but it could also be bad. Yeah, we both sort of came to the conclusion that we don't know anything about it. And also Scarlet and Violet are not nearly opposite enough to make sense. Yeah, it's red and red and blue. It's well, violet is it's not red and blue because violet's also quite red. So it's just like red and other red. <laughs> uh, well, violet still, I would say more on the purple side, but uh, I mean, of course, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it's it has red in it, so it's like yeah, very exactly. red and some red. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> okay, so. I I played the game that we're actually going to be talking about, which is The Walking Dead, Season 1, Episode 4, Around Every Corner, released by Telltale Games, originally on October 9th, 2012, directed by Nick Herman, designed by Andrew Langley, and written by Gary Whitta. I played it a few days ago, which is uh, more, more days ago between like the, the playing of it and the recording of the podcast about it than I normally do. So I'm a little less fresh than normal, but I am looking at my notes and they seem wild. <laughs> and <I'm>, I've <laughs> written things that I don't remember. Uh, I'm very excited to hear in the middle of the week when you finish <laughs> the episode, you you sent me a message saying you you were like all up in arms. You were crazy after this episode. Yeah, remind me what I felt. Remind me of the emotions Let me get I it. had. Let me get it. <laughs> uh, um, I'm getting. While it. you're Here pulling that up, uh, I I just wanted to say, written by Gary Whitta. That's like a name. That's a guy from yeah. other things. That's a famous person. Yeah, it sounds familiar. I don't know what, exactly what he did, but I know I've he heard was, that. Name he was before. the original uh, story treatment on Rogue One, the Star Wars oh, movie. Oh, interest that what a get for Telltale. Yeah, he's he's been. On was Rogue shows, One before or after this? Uh, well, after this, okay, uh, like at least four or five years after this. But uh, he he's been on a lot of shows and movies and other video games as a, as a very well known writer. Um, he's got legions of fans and detractors of like people that like and don't like Gary Whitta for very uh, nerdly kinds of reasons. 
so mm-hmm. it, it just struck me like, oh, whoa, Gary Witta on a on a game that we're playing. Like everyone that we've talked about so far is very, uh, like they're very talented and never, we're, they're very uh, well known within this space of adventure games. Not very uh, well known, not not very big names in the mainstream, you would say. Yeah, like anything outside of this very like PC adventure game focused uh, community they're not known like elsewhere they're 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 known for this gary witta is known elsewhere so that was that was a big uh uh revelation seeing that name pop up on the credits uh so so do you have what i sent you now yes so you sent me uh i just played episode four i regret Mm -hmm. my choices majorly for the first time also the first time that the choice percentages at the end really freaked me out oh yeah okay so um I'll, I'll, we haven't talked that much about the choice percentages in the last few episodes, but I've been taking pictures of each one. It just Same. hasn't been that like interesting to me mm-hmm. to go over the numbers. I think this time we will, because I, I took a picture of the, the numbers of all the, the five major choices that they keep track of. Yeah. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll share with you what I got and how uh, stacked in one direction or the other there was. I'll, I'll, I'll say up front, this is the first time that there's been something like over 80% did one choice instead of the other, and I was in the minority. Wow, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, first off, how do you feel about this episode? So this episode... In a general sense, yeah. I think is probably my least favorite of the season, but I do like it still. Like, it's still, it's still memorable. very episode. similar. Yeah, it, it it feels the most adventure gamey of the episodes so far. Like, there's lots of puzzles you have to do, like, when you're in the sewer, when you're in the classroom. And I guess part of it's also, it kind of feels like there's no one thing to theme this episode around. Like, I, I think the big part of the episode is going to Crawford, but that doesn't happen until, like, the last, the back half of the episode. For the first yeah, half, I you're guess, in this I house. guess the theme of this episode... And it feels like this is also going to be the theme of the next episode, so maybe it doesn't um, feel unique to someone who's played the next episode already. But for me, who hasn't, this is the Savannah episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the way that the last episode was the road trip episode, and the one before it was the motel dairy farm episode. Road trip! Um, yeah, well, no, it's not this one. It's Dustin. <laughs> that was last week. That was last week. <sighs> Dustin. <laughs> Come on, keep up, keep up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this yeah. one is the Savannah episode. They're in they're 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 in they actually got to where they wanted to go the whole mm-hmm. time. Uh Kenny's been talking about wanting to get a boat and then just sail away from the mainland where the walkers I mean zombies. Uh and I have a note about that by the way. Uh, I do too. <laughs> I have I probably have the exact same note. I think we might, yeah. Uh he wanted to take a boat out, but like, of course, they get to Savannah, and any boats that were there have been either taken out by people who have the same idea, or they've been scrapped for parts by the remaining people who were alive. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, of course, that was going to happen. I think the player, you know, that way ahead of time. Yeah, like you've spent too many months away from these boats, uh, waiting for people to just like take them for you. Yeah, people in, aren't in just going to leave boats. Urban environment. Yeah, it's Savannah's a big city. It, there's so many people that are going to want those boats that, like, you're, you're months away from getting there, and you think 
You're going to get those boats first? No way. <laughs> get in line, buddy. But you also kind of get the idea that these characters have been keeping the idea that they can get one of these boats uh, as sort of a form of knowingly false optimism. Like, they they knew it. I think they know they're not going to find a boat there just as much as you know they're not going to find a boat there. Especially but it's Kenny. like their last option. Especially Kenny, like everyone else is just kind of like, all right, Kenny, whatever you say, I guess we'll get, maybe they will have boats. But Kenny's the one who's like, they're going to have fucking boats. They're going to have boats. I lost my family. They're going to have boats. They're going to have boats because they have to. Yeah. Um, And of course they don't because they have to in the same way. Um, My first note that I've written down on this piece of paper is this time we're the cookies. What does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This time we're the cookies. (laughs) This time we're the cookies. Is that a Clementine quote? No. (laughs) Are you sure? She's never... I didn't get that line at least. This time we're the cookies. I don't even know what that could begin to mean. Are you sure that there's no conversation where Lee gets down on his knee and says, Clem, you know, it's kind of like when Cookie Monster eats the cookies. And then Clem says, this time time we're the cookies. cookies." (laughs) Lee will remember that. (laughs) Um, Lee's like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah, you're positive that didn't happen? (laughs) I'm, I'm... I'm like 98% sure if it did for you, it sure didn't for me. Yeah, well... And I've played this game so many times before, and I've never once heard that line. (laughs) But I I also don't usually do different choices every time, so maybe one of the choices you made had them say, this time, we're the cookies. You know, we've talked a little bit about that, but it, it strikes me as interesting every time we talk about it, how you've played this a lot, and mm-hmm. every time you've done so, you still don't do different things. That feels weird to me. Yeah, I mean, to me, that this is how the story plays out. I mean, sometimes I change. I was talking about how this time I helped Lily rather than Kenny uh, in the in the dairy. But, like, overall, yeah, I'm like, no, this is the way... To me, this is exactly how Lee is. This is what he would say. This is what he would do. And, and like, I think that's fair because... Some of these options are like, you can choose to make Lee uh, nice, or you can make him an asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want a Lee that's an asshole. I like be Lee being this cool guy. I totally um, get that. But like I, I that makes so much sense to me. But at the same time, the idea of playing through this multiple times and not doing the Doug path once. Yeah, a, is a game very, that's built yeah. around doing different choices. Yeah, like not doing the Doug path, not doing the uh, keep Lily versus leave Lily behind, uh, it, it, all all the all the big ones like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel very set in the choices I would make. Yeah, uh, that that makes sense, and I'm really excited for us to get to a Telltale game in this format that you haven't played. So yeah, you, there's uh, lots of them. Uh, the only ones I've yeah. played in this format are like uh, the Walking Walking, Walking Dead, Dead one seasons three, right? one through three. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna do that very. Uh, I'm not incredibly soon after this, but uh, <laughs> uh, 
after this is 400 days and after 400 days is CSI hard evidence and after hard evidence is uh, The Walking Dead. You mean The Wolf uh, Among Us? I did mean that actually, yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, the Wolf Among Us. So I, I assume that The Wolf Among Us is going to have very similar... Yeah, because I did play a little bit of The Wolf Among Us. I didn't, I I don't want to say I'm like totally, I I never played it before, because I did play a little bit of it, but then I guess I just stopped for some reason. I don't remember why. I guess I must have got busy or something. But yeah, like, I don't, it it basically is exactly this, you know, characters remember things you say, you make choices. This is just how Telltale is after this, and that's fine. I'm, I'm down for it. So... Right, right off the bat, uh-huh. you you arrive in Savannah, and everyone's like, "Wow, what is Savannah up in here? <laughs> what a town! What a town!" <laughs> and there, <laughs> there, there's a bell tower that rings and attracts all the zombies to them, and they they see someone ring it manually, but they like don't know who it was or what that was about, and they freak out. Who's um, that mysterious shadowed creature? It it turns out a person. Uh, but then they, they hide in this house, and in order to get into the house, they need to use the doggy door. In order to use the doggy door, they need to get a collar off a dead dog who's been buried underground in the backyard for a little while. And so you need to dig up this dog uh, that has the, to get its collar. And everyone in your group, uh, Lee and Kenny and Omar and Krista and Clementine and oh, Ben... Mead. Oneed, not Omar. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Uh. Th- they're all like off. really three. Uh, three. Three though. <laughs> uh. No, because no, it's no. O-M-I-D. You're right. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. Two. Two art. Uh. Everyone's really grossed out by the dead dog, and that was a that was a moment that seemed interesting to me. Yeah, like, they're surrounded by so all these zombies. walkers, all the shit they've seen. They're like, ew, a dead dog. Yeah, they're like, I'm going to try not to smell it. Like, you haven't been smelling the walkers this whole time? Yeah, That's... I would think that would be worse. Maybe they're just used to it by now. You, you can't be. Because it's it's like, it's the same, it's a mammal decomposing. It's not, yeah. it shouldn't really smell that different. That's true. Um. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I, I, I just didn't understand that. I, I get that, you know dogs are cuter than people to people so <laughs> in general they're going to be more like their their gut instinct effectiveness is going to be higher with a dog than a person but their like long-term effectiveness is much higher with a person than a dog yeah uh, I, I i get how that works but still it, it, it's strange that they made a point of highlighting uh that the kind smell of yeah, I bring that up because there's sort of a lot of things in this episode where it's just like, it's a lot of little detours to just think about how people are feeling. I think that's kind of what this episode is mostly focused around. Interesting. In, in, a, in a thematic sort of way. I like that. I like that. That never occurred to me, but I uh, I can see it. Yeah, because like right after this, they get into the house using that. And then uh, Kenny goes upstairs to the attic and he finds a zombie, um, <laughs> like boy, in the in the attic, and he he like died of dehydration and and starved to death. So he like, even though he's a zombie, he can like barely move and stuff. Yeah, he's no threat. 
Yeah, uh, and it looks a little bit like Duck, Kenny's son. So Kenny's very torn up about it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a choice moment. What did you do? I had Kenny shoot him, and the reason you had for that Kenny it, shoot him. Okay, that's I, very interesting. That's not what I did at all. Yeah, so the reason I had Kenny shoot him is because I shot Duck for him, and you know that was obviously you know I can't make him kill his own son. But I felt like this was a way for Kenny to get, like, some sort of closure. Like, he's hmm. he's able to help this kid in a way where he couldn't help his own son. So I, I felt like it, it kind of helped Kenny out in this weird sort of way. So you view the idea of killing zombie duck as helping duck and... Because Kenny didn't get that before, Kenny felt better about that after he did it. Is, is that yeah, yeah? Sort that's of what you're that's about? that's basically what I'm getting at. You know, uh, he couldn't do it with Duck, but he can. You can help him do it now, and he can get some sort of closure from it. That's very interesting. I don't think it would have occurred to me. I mean, it didn't occur to me that killing Duck could be seen as helping Duck. Uh, so I was just thinking, like, well, okay, well, if I'm if I want to help Kenny out, I'll I should just not have him do this. Yeah. So, um, and I like that. I like that you can do either way. It just comes down to how it how it comes off to you. Well, it's it's three ways actually, um, because you can have Kenny do it, you can do it, or you can leave it there. Oh my! I didn't know you could leave it there. I well, never... that's one of the options, right? Like, hey, he's not doing anything. Let's just leave him here. <laughs> he's not hurting anybody. Um, which I also was a little, I didn't, I wasn't actually tempted to it because I know like, oh no, this, this is a zombie. They have to die. My, my, my Clementine is in this house. You can't just leave one in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was some aspect of me that's like, well, you know, if he can't move, this is kind of what we wanted. We didn't want to have to end duck completely. But mm-hmm. so, but this kid's still going like a little bit, still not <laughs> alive. <laughs> well, it's not the kid anymore. It's just a mindless zombie creature. Sure, but the idea of like having to end something is, I think, what really broke Kenny. Yeah. Uh, so like letting them go. Anyway, this is one of the things that I was talking about where I was really in the minority because I looked at the the uh, percentages at the end, and this is the choice: the boy in the attic. Did you kill the boy in the attic? I and only 25% of players killed him. That's so interesting to me. I I would have thought people would have just gone for it. Yeah, and I don't know if um I don't I don't know if this is measuring you or Kenny killing him versus minute, letting it wait go. A, wait a minute. Say your say the percentage again? You and only 25% of players uh killed the boy in the attic mitch my results are different i know we've talked about this every time but my percentage here is you it says you and 26 percent of players did not kill him oh that's literally the opposite yeah uh, that's <laughs> literally exactly the opposite how can that be how how can i don't be? know well what are these numbers from are they completely made up I don't know. It, like, is it because I'm playing on a different collection? I mean, you're I'm playing sure on it the is definitive. that. Yeah. 
I'm sure it is that, yeah. But uh, or or maybe it it's somehow um, related to like what console you're playing on or something. But yeah, it's it shouldn't even if it is different people. It it shouldn't be like the complete opposite dimension of the choice. Yeah, I I, w- I was a little confused when you were talking because I was like, that's not that doesn't sound right to me. And and yeah, that's because cr- it's more it's pretty close to the same percentage. It's like twenty six percent, but it's the exact opposite. <sighs> yeah, I don't even know what to think now because I. Man, this really sucks when like you can't trust it. You you can't trust it. Even if they were wrong, if I could, I I could start talking of like, okay, well, you think most players just have the instinct to save anyone all the time, so mm-hmm. like maybe that's that's the driving factor here. But now I don't even know that. Now I don't even know. Uh, so I don't meh. even know. Well, that's that's so weird. I'm sorry. Now I'm sad and bummed. <laughs> i'm um, sorry mitch maybe yeah, next there, choice there there's one that that like swings way the other way 82 percent uh so we're, we're gonna skip ahead but we assume that you're ready for spoilers uh, at the yeah, very very end of the this. episode there um lee gets bit by a zombie yeah um it's unavoidable it happens too fast and lee just uh you, you know, that that's clearly the end. You you can't he, he, get over that. Lee looks at the screen and he says, uh-oh. I guess we were the Walking Dead the whole time. <laughs> that would suck. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> he just says it point blank to you. Yeah, I uh. guess we were the Walking Dead. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, you, you have the choice then to reveal to the group, hey, full disclosure... I was bitten. Stuff's gonna go bad. Or you can say like, "No, I'm fine. Uh, I'm gonna try to just <laughs> what bite? <laughs> what bite? Just have a little uh, cold." <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, this my, my game says uh, you and but full, oh, so I should say already. I chose to reveal the bite to the group. Mm-hmm. I sh- I chose to show them. Did you? Yes, I did as well. Cool. Yeah, it just seems like the polite thing to do. <laughs> Yeah, it's being nice. You don't want to fuck them up later. My game says you and 82% of players showed the party your bite. Yeah, so mine is 80%, but it's still in that majority. Okay, that's pretty close. Yeah, So the other one is completely flip-flopped, but that one's the same. Like, that doesn't... I don't yeah. get this. Yeah, I, I might... We might need to look into exactly how this works. I feel like it's... It's going by the version of the game you're playing because these versions in these collections are not the same versions as like the original releases. So I'm guessing the percentages just count towards that one version of the game. Yeah. Um, I you did you did the 90 second synopsis last time. Yes. So it's your turn. Yeah, it's sort of in the middle of the episode when we're bringing this out. But yeah, I, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'll, I'll give myself one minute again. We'll go back to one minute. Awesome. I love it. Okay, and I'm going to start right now. Okay, so the gang arrives in Savannah, and they're immediately attacked by walkers on all sides because someone rang the bell tower. Uh, they find uh, shelter in a house nearby. Later, they uh, 
go down to the harbor looking for a boat. And by they, I just mean Kenny and Lee. And they meet the person who's been ringing all the bell towers. It's Molly. She's sort of like a, a post-apocalyptic Mad Max sort of girl kind of person who can jump between, like, wall jump between buildings and, and use a hook and stuff and is supposed to be way cooler than everyone else in the game. Uh, Lee gets separated and has to find his way back to the group via the sewers under Savannah. Uh, finds a bunch of zombies in the sewers, but also finds an entrance to an underground group of survivors uh, who were kicked out of a place called Crawford. Crawford is a bunch of, like, racial superiority people. Like, not actually racial, but in, in that way of, of uh, trying to say, like, only the strongest should survive. If you're a kid, if you're too old, if you have any kind of disability, you're out because you will be a detriment against our fight against the walkers. Uh, so th- th- these Crawford people are terrible. And these people underground have been exiled from the Crawford group because they used to have cancer. Uh, you go back to the house. You find out that there was a boat at the house the whole time and you just need a battery and some fuel. So you decide to steal it from Crawford. So you go to Crawford uh, in this like Catholic school. But hey, uh-oh, it's been overrun with zombies. Everyone in Crawford turned into a zombie because someone died in the the society. And, you know, if anyone dies, even if they're not bit, they turn into a walker. You go through, you get all this stuff, you find stuff out about characters, and then you go back, and then you, uh, it's definitely been more than a minute. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then, then, you, then you go back, and Clementine gets upset, and you have, like, a fight, because you still can't find out what's up with the guy on the radio. And he, you realize that you really can't spend any time looking for her parents, because you know they're definitely dead. Uh, and uh, then Lee wakes up, Clementine's gone, Lee goes outside looking for Clementine's stuff and gets bit by a walker, and that's pretty much the end of the episode. Uh, yeah. I, I skipped a bunch of stuff, but yeah, that's it. I knew there was no way you were going to do it in under 60 seconds. Yeah, I I got I got pretty close to like under... I, I did get under 90 seconds, I think. Yeah, you got the big parts of the episode, too. Yeah, and we can still talk about. I didn't mention anything about Ben. Ben has a big thing this episode. Didn't mention ben anything has about the guy on the radio. Of, ben has a lot of scenes in this episode. Didn't mention anything about Vernon. Yeah, so I, I cut a lot of stuff out, but still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Details. Uh, Lee has a good line when, after you dig up the dog to get in the house. Um. <laughs> I, I remember a commentary where his voice actor talked about this line, too. Because if you click on the shovel again or the the grave, Lee says, I'm done digging up dead dogs for the day. And that's a lot of D's. <laughs> done digging up dead dogs for the day. It's a, a fun sort of... You can imagine that being in a bluegrass song. I'm done digging up dead dogs for the day. Done digging up dead dogs for the day. Um it up dog how yeah. do you feel about our new friend Molly? Uh, I, I think I went over it a little bit. Like she definitely seems like the kind of character that you introduce. She's a superhero, right? Yeah. Like like she the the fact that she can like jump from building to building. Uh, I mean, obviously there are people in real life that do parkour and can can do stuff kind of like that. But everything in the game world so far has seemed very grounded. Like. Lee feels like a superhero until you meet Molly. Lee feels like he can fight off any walker. He's not going to be, like, taken down by even three walkers ganging up against him because he's just so resourceful and can grab anything and use it as a weapon. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then as soon as you see Molly, you're like, oh, well, shit, this is... 
it it almost breaks the immersion of the world a little bit because she feels like so larger than life. Yeah, she's the cool character. Yeah, like th- there's a there's a bit where you first meet her. She's like checking stuff out at this newsstand, trying to salvage stuff. And Lee sneaks up behind her, and then like peeks over the newsstand, and she's gone. And then it turns out she's behind him already. It's like okay, that's a fun narrative trick, but like that's impossible right there's only one exit to behind the newsstand which is around the newsstand you'd see it yeah exactly so, like i you kind of just made that up all the way um so th- that that aspect of her character uh, i don't want to get too much into the idea of of uh mary sue's because i wasn't in the community when this game came out, I have no idea what their reaction to it, but knowing how crappy the internet is in 2012, <laughs> I can imagine that people criticized Molly for being a Mary Sue in the middle of, uh, like, just just inserted into the story in the middle of the, the larger story of the season. Yeah, um, and, like, I hate to say it, but... <laughs> I, I don't 100% entirely disagree. She comes across as very, uh, well, I, I, they make her feel very, uh, very cool. She can do all this crazy shit. They don't really have, show off very many of her flaws. Uh, she kicks the shit out of a walker later. Um, yeah. So it, it is a little immersion breaking because everyone else up until this point has felt very realistic, like a person that could exist. And then Molly comes along and, oh, she's just, she's so acrobatic. She's doing all this cool stuff. Oh, man, give us a spinoff with her, please. Yeah, that's that's what it feels like. Like, this is an interesting take on the zombie apocalypse game genre. Because normally in a zombie apocalypse thing, it's either survival horror, where it's all about, like, can you survive? And you're put in, like, real-time action situations where you need to conserve resources and stuff or mm-hmm. it it's sort of um uh power fantasy horror like the later resident evils where you're given so much power to just like mow down zombies and, and it's more about like the aesthetic of the horror and this game is different than either of those because it 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 really does feel like they're trying to go for a grounded more human-centered story of like Okay, really, what would you do, though? Because you're not either of those people. You're not that resourceful, and you're not that, like, strong and superheroic. You are Mm -hmm. just a guy. You're a person on Earth, and you have to deal with this. And Molly feels like the first time that the game's kind of broken that. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, I don't love that. Uh, And she has an attitude, too. She's like, whenever Kenny tries to... Uh, yell at her she's like back off grandpa talk to the hand (laughs) that is true she does she does enjoy people talking to her hands um (laughs) i i still though i don't dislike molly yeah no i think she's got a lot of fun things to say Uh, Mm -hmm. when she's engaging with the group as like a member of the group i think she's good but when they put her in an action situation she's like i'm just gonna jump on top of this building from the bottom and lee's like what are you talking about uh (laughs) i i think that the lee aspect of that conversation is real like you can't be doing that like that doesn't make sense that sort of trivializes everything 
else that the game's tried to say. Like, it's about making hard decisions. Like, well, has it? Because you've seen this person who can get out of any situation. Molly yeah, could have saved have to make any Carly choices. and Doug. There's Yeah. <laughs> wow, she's crazy. She's cool. She's awesome. I wish she were here instead of Lee. Yeah, I mean, like, you start thinking that, right? Because if this kind of person can exist in this world, um, all of the tough this thing or the other thing, choices that the game has been built on so far, Mm -hmm. start to feel like, oh, you only had to make that situation because you weren't as good as you could be. Molly really wouldn't have to make that situation. Yeah, but that's that's also one of the reasons I would never want to play as her over Lee. I I like Lee way more than Molly. Yeah. She she just has life. So she's the Sonic the Hedgehog of this game. Um. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and you, you kind of get the idea that, like, if Clementine grows up in this situation, and you've seen that a little bit more than me, uh, but if Clementine mm-hmm. grows in, up in this situation, maybe she becomes a Molly type over time. And, like, maybe, but at the same time, we've been given nothing to make us believe that until now. Mm-hmm. And it, this The introduction of this one character just really changes everything uh, for how the world of this game feels. And I think it's a negative change, um, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I mean, personally, I I think it's fine. I, it didn't like. I I don't think it had that big an effect for me personally, but I I do totally get where you're coming from because you can just have action heroes in this game now. This this game yeah. is a, a movie where people are the stars of this crazy zombie apocalypse movie. I kind of got that with Chuck early on too. Cause Chuck has this action scene where he's like fighting the walkers off. Cause Ben left Clementine in the middle of a bunch of walkers. Uh, yeah. Ben does a lot of not great things in this episode, but then Chuck just comes in. He's like, I can fight off all these walkers. And you know, we find out it didn't really work out later, but at the time it's like, Oh no, this is the cool action scene. Yeah. And when Chuck does it though, it still feels like, He's sacrificing a lot of safety in order to do it. This feels like an exchange for Chuck. Yeah, exactly. He's spending safety in order to increase effectiveness for a small amount of time. And that feels realistic. That feels like if I were to enter a bar fight, I would A, lose the fight. But B, I would I, I, because I have the option of like, I'm going to start this fight, I have element of surprise and I have element of being able to plan it in my favor and then Mm -hmm. i will still get knocked out but i'd probably be able to spend more rounds in it than if i wasn't the person that started the fight that makes sense to me and then with molly it's just like i will get you out of a situation no questions asked i will save you it's fine but Uh, you better be on her good side because she's too cool to help people she thinks are lame that is true and that is very strange (laughs) but (laughs) Uh, that's true. Uh, do you want to talk about Crawford? The idea of Crawford? Yes, let's talk about Crawford. Okay, you do it. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you want to well, talk about this? You wanted yeah, to. You, you, you do it. You said um, you wanted to. So Crawford is kind of a society of uh, survivors of the zombie apocalypse with some uh, very strict rules. They're, uh, so they, they've kind of got this like community set up in a school in Mm -hmm. uh savannah where survivors can live but yeah it's basically survival of the fittest if you show like any signs of weakness you're out of here no kids are allowed uh any sign of sickness you're 
done here. Um, you know, if you steal anything, you're done. Uh, so they're pretty strict. Um, and, you know, they're kind of made out to be this horrible place. You're like, oh my god, Jesus, who would throw out kids and uh, sick and elderly and such? Um, and they're right, but when you get there, it turns out, uh, you know, I guess things didn't really work out so good. Yeah, um, th- this is... This is a very interesting thing. We haven't really seen... We've seen bandits already. And we've seen people like the dairy farmers uh, where they've set up their own community that is much more permanent feeling, much more uh, like a fixture of the land mm-hmm. uh, than your group, which seems much more nomadic and scrappy. Yeah. Um, but this is the first time we've seen a faction in the world of the walking dead that did for a time completely solve the crisis for themselves they had Mm -hmm. a barricade that was full and worked they had everyone inside was alive uh so that was just fine um and the only you find out that the only reason that it ever went bad is because they had this rule that if you're pregnant you have to abort the baby because babies need to be taken care of. They can't fend for themselves. And that is not what they're looking for in this That's community. not what Crawford's all about. And that seems like a... That seems like not a good long-term solution. Because you kind of got to have more people. Sure. But I don't... I, I think that they're anticipating that their society is going to do well enough on their own. They're going to outlive. There's somehow outlive a cure. The, yeah. Uh, which I, I think from the outside playing this game, the player, the audience, you know, there's not going to be a cure. <laughs> like it's you're, you're not going to fix the problem. Um, but Stupid. you do have this idea of like, well, certain solutions can work for certain amounts of time. And this is this is what they had going on. You can't have a baby because babies need to be taken care of. So if you have a baby, they're going to abort the baby and they're going to do it in a way that like messes with the brain, which is uh, specifically so the baby doesn't come back after you kill it. Yeah, Um, yeah, a lot of things to think about there just in a philosophical sort of way. Um, But there there was this mother who was being forced to have an abortion she did not want to have, uh, which is like a really dark turn for the series so far. I mean, there's been tons of death and a lot of other stuff that has been pretty dark already, but this feels like a new low in that way. Um, and the, the, the mother in order to try to get out of it kills the doctor. Um, yeah. that was going to do it. And in killing the we- doctor, she, uh, caused the first Walker to exist within Crawford. And I guess just yeah. everyone died after that. Man, they really went crazy. Imagine if they just shot him in the head and they ended it right there. They could have probably been fine. Yeah, so yeah, if that mother, instead of... She, like, stabs him with a scalpel into his side, and I guess he bleeds out. Mm -hmm. Um, If she aimed it for, like, the the head and, like, made an effort to, like... I, I don't think she really could have done anything that breaks the head from, like, her position with a scalpel Mm -hmm. right but if she if she somehow did it would have been not fine because she just very much (laughs) murdered someone um like because i I think she was trying to stab him in a way that was non-lethal i don't think she was trying to kill him she just wanted to get away Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it it ended up being a lethal abdomen stab. <laughs> yeah, one of those. <laughs> yeah. You know how those go. Those are yeah, my but... least favorite abdomen stabbings. <laughs> They're probably in my bottom five. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, yeah, we find out this story from uh, cassette tapes that we find, uh, videotapes that we find in both in this room and in a locker. Uh, we also find out Molly's whole deal with Crawford, which is uh, she was having sex with the doctor in exchange for medicine for her sick sister. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and because her sister has diabetes and, and you get the sense that like she had diabetes, but was like fine. Mostly it's just one thing that she needed to take care of more than often. And mm-hmm. uh, Crawford didn't accept that. They were like, no, so, no, no. Uh, so they gave, they took away her medicine. And I guess she died. The sister. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that. It, it's it's interesting because I think what the the game is trying to make a point with is if you get to this level of exclusionity, exclusionity, absolutely not a word. <laughs> uh, exclusiveness. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, Jesus, that was a new low for me. Uh, but <laughs> if you get to this level of exclusivity uh, in in your survival camps. You are forcing other people to die, and when you do that, you invite it back onto yourself. I, I guess yeah. that's like the 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 moral of the story the game's trying to tell. But at the same time, it ma- it makes you wonder like if Crawford just wasn't trying to do that kind of stuff, what wasn't so exclusive, wasn't so um, uh, ableist, wasn't so ageist, mm-hmm. would it have worked? Um, maybe Would the idea of that kind of society have worked. It's possible. I mean, it seemed like everything else was fine. Uh, I mean, before everyone died, they were they were fine. But then all of a sudden, their barricades keeping everything out also kept everything in when there was a problem inside, and it all went bad really fast. Yeah, uh, that's it's it's so weird because it really feels like something where it's like. Oh geez, a walker's in here. Quick, shoot it, and it's taken. Now there's no more walkers inside to make others. But it must have really gotten out of hand. Yeah, I, I, I guess like you roll the dice with that kind of thing. Like, is the first walker that shows up when someone dies going to encounter a gunman or a school kid? Um, yeah, and I guess that's sort of their point. They want everyone in the society. To be gunmen, and to mm-hmm. be to be fighters, and to be on top of their game, uh, that which is why they don't want school kids or uh, the elderly or the disabled because they would lose a fight to a walker more easily in theory. Right. I thought I thought it was more because they're a drain on resources. That's like, definitely also a thing. Yeah, because yeah, like if you're sick, you're gonna need medicine. But then it's also like, well, what else is the medicine going to be used for if it's not for the sick? But I yeah. guess it's like chronic sickness, you know, people who need this medicine like a lot. Um, and yeah, children, uh, more mouths to feed. Uh, there's these, there are these um, little graffiti tags all over Savannah that you don't find out what they mean until later. Mm-hmm. Um, they look like an upside down letter A with numbers in, uh, and, and letters filling in the dots. And you find out that those are 
Crawford agents going out looking all over the city. And when they find new people, they write that on the walls to indicate what they found. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, like, there's one number on the thing that is the number of ineligible people. There's uh, initials of the person that was looking around. There's the number of walkers they found. There's the number of eligible people. And you sign it with the number of days that it's been since the outbreak. Um, and if you go back and through the episode and look at those tags with now with the understanding of what they mean, they are horrifying. Yeah, they're not great. It Because uh, you, you find out when you see... There's a piece of paper on one of the school desks in uh, the main Crawford building yeah. that your team is in. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, because it, it'll be like 30 days after the outbreak, this person was looking around and they found one eligible person and five ineligible people. So they're like what that means is they took one person to Crawford and killed the rest. Yeah. Uh and that's that's so wild that the one person whose family was just killed is like, yeah, I will live with them though. I will live with Crawford <laughs> though. Yeah, they sound like they know what they're doing. That's I mean that that's obviously what they're kind of trying to get at. It it's not mm-hmm. like a funny thing. They're trying to just like say, "Hey, they made a hard choice." But it it is a it is a wild how many of these you see in this episode throughout Savannah, yeah, um, and and what that means. Um, but but yeah. Um, what what else do you want to talk about uh, uh, about Crawford? Crawford just seems like it seems a little wasted to me that when Lee and the gang show up looking for the fuel and the batteries and stuff. It's already wiped out. It's already gone. Yeah, yeah I mean, so, I, so they I don't guess... get to talk to anyone about Crawford. They don't get to like argue about the philosophy of what they're doing. And you you think that that's kind of where the the episode's gonna go? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's just like running away from more zombies. I do kind of like that though. It does. It is kind of like, look, these people thought they had a good thing going. Uh, it turns out they uh, didn't. They lost. They're they're no longer here. It all went to shit. Um. So I I, I, I kind of like what they did with it. It's like, oh, you think this is going to be this uh, this dangerous place you don't want to be in? And it is dangerous, but not in the way you think it is. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah. I get what you mean, too, because that would have kind of given it its own reason to be dangerous. But instead, it's just more Walker stuff. It's also unlike anything else we've seen in the game so far, like a new kind of person. And then you don't get to meet that kind of person. It just feels a little wasted. I get that. I totally get that. Um, Um, Let's talk about Ben. I think we got to talk about Ben. (laughs) We definitely, this is the Ben episode. So Ben has been in the periphery as clearly the least important person in the group since he arrived. Um, And still is. (laughs) (laughs) But, that doesn't change. Yeah, but there's other stuff going on now. <laughs> uh, so last episode, we talked about the fact that Ben, it, we, it turned out that it was, in fact, Ben that had been supplying the bandits with uh, with medicine and stuff. And when they stopped doing it, it turned out uh, that the bandits were going to attack. And in that attack, Duck got bitten which caused the later death of both Duck and his mother, Katya. Yeah. Um, 
And I was talking to you in last episode, and I said, it would be wild if they tried to make Kenny actually very <laughs> angry at Ben for this, because it's such a, like, such it's such a Rube Goldberg thing of, like, Ben couldn't have possibly known what that would have done at the time that he did it. it, it like, it's not just because he's a naive kid, it's because you can't know that. Like, it, it's because that's yeah, so far outside of... Yeah, you can't tell the future. Of, yeah. Uh, and then you were like, I don't know. And at that moment, I realized, oh, Kenny is actually going to be upset about this. <laughs> but I still, I, w- I don't think I'll like it unless it's about something else. And it turns out I just don't like it. I don't like, I think Kenny's very irrational sometimes, especially when it comes to the, the, his loved ones. But he's still not like a completely anger-fueled person. He, you know, he, he's been smart in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he immediately cares this much when they're also already dealing with other stuff about what Ben did, that just doesn't seem right to me. That that seems like a, a, a misuse of Kenny's character. I don't know. It it never, not, not once did it ever strike me as out of character for this to be how Kenny reacts. Um, I guess it, it just, it, there, there's a thing with, with like how much this is actually Ben's fault that Duck died. Because yeah. I think not that much at all. Uh, because well, the reason no, the it's one hundred percent his fault. It's not just, really. He didn't, it, he didn't know. It no, not really. Uh, because like the reason the bandits attacked was not Ben's fault. It was Lee's fault. Because <laughs> Lee removed that bag of uh medicine that Ben had stashed away from them to to show Lily. Lee's the one that took it away. The bandits didn't attack because Ben gave them medicine. They attacked because Lee took the medicine away. Yeah, but Ben's also the one who made the initial deal. Ben's the one that made the initial deal, which wouldn't have happened if Kenny and Lily had already made a deal with the band. Like, it's such a... It's, it, it's no, they, really they specifically, not just They fault. specifically were talking to Ben, though. They told Ben they had his classmates. And, they and were talking they to were... Ben, but, like, the other, the other members of the group, especially Lee, had already run into the bandits. Um, like, they... They had talked to them in the dairy farm episode. Uh, if well, if they're no, saying, they, like, they you didn't gotta talk with them. They didn't talk with the bandits. They saw them from afar. They well, talked they, to like they talked to Jolene, but I don't think Jolene was necessarily with the bandits at that point. And uh, okay. they all, remember they only saw the one bandit shoot the other one in the woods, but they never like interacted with him. That was a weird one. I forgot about that until right now. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, you're right. Well, I, I, I still don't think, like. There's so many things. Lee took the bag away. That's what caused yeah. the fight. And yeah, the fight but the, isn't the even what killed shouldn't... Duck. There happened to be a walker. And like, yeah. like, it's it's so many, like, there's so many layers of, yeah, like Ben did something in the past in the way that, like George Washington did something that would like affect something else that would affect something else that would eventually convince Hitler to do the Holocaust. Like it, it wouldn't <laughs> be George Washington's fault. It's just like the process of the butterfly effect taking effect, you know, like it's, yeah. seem, it seems so lame that they're even talking about putting the blame on Ben. <laughs> I, I get that. Uh, I, I I don't know. It it seemed it seemed fine to me, but may, maybe I, it's just because when I first played it, I was just like, "Oh no, Ben, don't do it. Kenny's gonna get mad at you." I so mean, I, yeah, I, just I, I, I was that right way too. 
I guess I was that way too. I was telling Ben like this is super not the time. <laughs> it, it really wasn't. It, ben it, really fucked up saying it right. He chose like the absolute worst possible time to bring this up. Yeah. And, um, but also yeah. I, f- I feel like it's, it's not that it, I, I feel like maybe they could, there could have been a character who kind of thought along those lines too. Like, look, Ben, I know you're blaming yourself, but you know, it, it, there's no way you could have known, uh, it's just the way things worked out, but you, you, with this group of people, I guess Ben just felt really bad about it. And then Kenny, I do think it it was in character for him to get so angry about it. He was fucking destroyed by his whole family being taken by him in the last episode. He and was, so, but at this point, he was so much more fo- like in that specific point, he was mm-hmm. focused on getting everyone out of the Catholic school right yeah but so he was he was so like on the mission and then the idea that ben can say something that just like completely destroys him that really doesn't actually if you think about it have much to do with the death of his family it like it feels it makes ben seem or it makes kenny seem dumber than i thought kenny was Uh, it makes him seem way more driven by id than i thought he was uh, I don't know. I, 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 Mitch, I think you and I are, are on opposite ends of the coin on here. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I can see where you're coming from, but I don't know. I just feel like that's Kenny's family. Ken, yeah. Kenny's, Kenny's wife and child died. He's been fucking destroyed by this for the past episode and a half. Like, I don't think it's too out of character for him to blow up at hearing Ben's... Like, he probably didn't think about it. Like, there's all this shit going on. He just lost his family. Ben says, look, this is my fault your kids died. Kenny hears that. He says, you fucking dick. This You're admitting this is your fault. I'm gonna believe you. Because there's lots going on and not a lot of time to think about it. Yeah, but like... Okay, so my grandfather died of a cancer that he had that was linked to the fact that when he was growing up in Missouri, they mm-hmm. put a lot of iodine in the salt. And that iodine might have had some sort of radioaction going on in mm. it. And the reason they did that had to do with the way the water... In the, the uh, They were getting the salt from the water. And the way that the water was flowing in, like it, it was missing some element in it because of this other like it, situation with a dam. And at that point, it's like, okay, the decision to build the dam killed my grandfather. Like, I'm not going to think about it that way. There's it's such a like a, a crazy amount of like butterfly effect. I can't imagine thinking in the way Kenny thought. I think it's so outside of my understanding of how people would act. Um, mm-hmm. in, in that moment, it's more, I mean, everyone's going to have their own opinions on things and their opinions and personalities make them react to new stimuli, uh, stimuli differently. And that, yeah. that makes sense. Like that's what makes a person different than another person. Well, still though, this feels like outside of that scope. The, the fact that Kenny would get mad about this in this situation and not just be like, Oh, we'll talk about this. Like, I, that's what I expected. Kenny, Ben says some dumb shit. And then Kenny would be like, Okay, when we get out of here, we're going to have a long conversation about that. Like, that's what I expected. And the the instant reaction <laughs> to, like, maybe I should actually kill you right now. Like, okay, Kenny, really? is have, Has anything that's happened today or the last few months made you think that's a good idea? Like, it, it, just, it just seemed weird. Yeah, uh... 
Mitch, I'm I'm gonna say I I resp- I like that we are able to come at this from two different angles. Okay, sure. Um, so something I really do like about this though is the way mm-hmm. they they frame a choice later. So in you're in this this classroom when this happens, and Kenny raises the idea maybe we should just kill Ben right now because he basically <laughs> betrayed the group, and uh, yeah, he's, he's Harley saying... died, Kenny's family died. We had to leave Lily behind. All that because of this incident, mm-hmm. and you have the option of saying at that moment, yeah, sure, we should kill Ben or well, we should let this we should talk about it later or like take a more active no we need to protect everyone sort of stance well let, let's be a little more specific because you're you're voting to leave ben behind not necessarily kill him point blank right sure. now yeah 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 like that would probably result in his death but the the vote being put forward is the boat isn't big enough to take everyone someone's got to get left behind and in Kenny's words he says and i vote for this little piss ant right here <laughs> yeah i love his use of the word piss ant because he makes it two <laughs> words Piss uh, ant. Yeah, it's the like what of kind piss. of ant is he? He's just a pissy little ant. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's something they bring up earlier. The boat that they do find, uh, Kenny says it's a thirty footer, and Lee goes, "I don't know what that means." And Kenny goes, "It means that we don't have enough sp- like physical real estate for everyone that we're currently hanging around with on this boat. Just get it's some inner tubes." Yeah, just take, you know, it, it feels like tie a big bathtub to the back of the boat. And then, like, that's a second boat. You're trailing. That's, yeah. It's fine. Uh, or even, like, 30 feet seems really big for, like, how big my body is. It'll be cramped, but, like, why not? Yeah, just be crammed together. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a weight issue. I don't know. Maybe it just can't hold. Even, even then, it seems like, you know, a boat should be able to carry this many people. Yeah, so if you're thinking about it, um, so there's there's how many people in the group before any of the stuff goes down? You got Molly showed up, and she wants on the boat at first. So uh-huh. there's her, Lee, Clementine, Kenny, uh, Omid, uh, Krista. Krista. That's Vernon. six. It didn't even seem like Vernon wanted to go, though. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. Is it just six? Um... Let's see, Lee, Kenny, Ben, Omid, Krista, Clementine, Molly. So, seven. Who did I not say? Ben? I might not have said Lee. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, no, I think I actually said Lee. I didn't say Ben. Uh, so, yeah, so seven. So, seven people, even if they were, like, in a straight line, have over four feet between them. But they're not in a straight line. They can sit on opposite sides of the boat. So, it's more like... They have tons of space. I don't. They can it, sit on each other's laps. Yeah, like Clementine can be in a box. It it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like it's, hide her under one of the seats. Yeah, um, you know, have one of them jet ski on off the back. It, <laughs> doing tricks on the waves. Yeah, just doing flips and stunts. Woo! That's probably <laughs> Krista's vibe. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Krista always did strike me as a water ski person. As, um. I, I mean, I guess the idea is they're not just sitting on the boat going somewhere. They're trying to live on the boat. Um, and I guess, yeah, you can't really do that. 
Yeah, um, I, I guess that's that's a thing, too. It's like, look, Kenny, we get this boat, we go across the water, then what? We're back to where... What makes what's across the water any different from being here in Savannah? Yeah, maybe maybe they just don't know if it's on other continents yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe they'll try going to Europe or Africa and s- seeing like how how it's over there. That'd be fun. Um, yeah, I assume they're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So it comes down to like you need to make a decision in the classroom whether you want to keep Ben or not keep Ben. But really, that doesn't matter. That's a foreshadowing choice. Of like, okay, get in the headspace of thinking about it. Um, and I said in that in that choice, Kenny, let's be reasonable because I think his whole thing is unreasonable. Of course we should bring Ben with us. We're not going to leave him here. Um, mm-hmm. And for that reason, at that point, we're like, okay, yeah, you can come. Uh, and then Kenny gets in the, in, uh, the emotion of we're going to have a long talk about that. Which I think it, it eventually ended up where i thought it should be with we're gonna have a long talk about that Mm -hmm. Um, i i think personally i think it's fair he hears it then of course he's gonna freak out and then then after this talk they do kind he kind of gets his head a little back in the game yeah um but then you you do like a bell tower thing there's a you go from the classroom the classroom has a door that enters right into a bell tower for game design reasons (laughs) Uh, you know how when you went to school, there were always, like, there's an entrance to a classroom and then a back door that goes to a bell tower? Uh, we gotta go to bell class again. <laughs> I keep finding, I keep forgetting if I'm supposed to ring or not, and I, I need, that's why I go to the class. Uh, I hope, I hope this isn't on the final. <laughs> this is a hard, do you ring? <laughs> Fuck. Uh, <laughs> Damn it, I don't know. <laughs> Better luck next year. I was paying attention to the front door that lets me leave, not the back door with a bell in it. Uh, <laughs> but, oh, so, yeah, Bree, Bree, one of the survivors, ends up becoming zombie chow. She dies. She dies in a hilarious way. If, it's a very over the top. Yeah. Uh, and she's she's so mean in, throughout the whole episode that I didn't feel that bad. Yeah, I think they kind of did that on purpose. So, so Bree and Vernon are the two people from that, like, survivors of Crawford cancer group that uh mm-hmm. go with you to steal stuff from crawford uh and vernon seems like their leader kind of uh and breeze is going because brie knows the layout of the school because she went there as a kid i guess yeah um so when they're talking about ben and people in the group are voting whether to, or not to leave ben behind uh brie says some shit like don't we get a vote too and then I'm thinking, of course you don't. You didn't, or you weren't there for it. You don't know anything about what we're talking about. <laughs> you don't and know then, who Ben is. You just got here. Yeah. She says, don't we get a vote too? And then zombies like reach their arms through her chest, like in that moment. So it gives you one second of thinking, no. And then she dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you definitely don't. Now you for sure don't get a vote. Um uh, <laughs> I, I I knew it. I, I felt like I had a very good understanding of what the narrative designers of this game were doing in that moment of like, of course you don't get a vote. And for even suggesting you get a vote, this, you've, yeah. <laughs> this is your punishment for that. Guess you'll think twice next time. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> so, so the bell tower thing, there's an action sequence. And this is where like a lot of the game's pent up desire to be an action game comes out 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's a good amount of like little saving Clementine from zombie moments. And then at the top of the bell tower, everyone gets out except it's you and Ben, the last people there. And Ben is like hanging from Lee's arm. He's about to fall all the way down the bell tower and there's zombies coming up on him. And you get the sense that Lee's having a really hard time pulling Ben up. And Ben says, Lee, you and I both know you gotta, you gotta let me go. And then Lee looks behind him and there's this shot with Kenny looking in through the window and Kenny's like, yeah, leave him behind. <laughs> He's like, come on. <laughs> come on, it'd be fun. You know, you wanna. And you have this choice of like trying to pull uh, Ben back up where you might, you know, risk danger or dropping him right there. And it's interesting because this is the same question that you were asked in the classroom, but all of a sudden it feels very different. Yeah, this it's is the actual, exact same question. This is actual. You need to decide whether Ben lives or dies right this second. Yeah, and it, it's for the same reasons as you were thinking about it in the classroom, and it's for the same everything else that you were thinking about it in the classroom. Um, but now it's in the headspace of okay, you're doing it. What are you gonna do? And all of a sudden, it feels so different. And I think that's kind of the. I, I don't love a lot of this episode i think it's my least favorite episode and i've, I've talked about a lot of the reasons i think it fails comparatively already mm-hmm. in this podcast but i think this kind of thing is the lasting brilliance of this game and why it works so well uh, because yeah. you were given a choice as a practice round and then you're given the real choice and somehow it feels different because the game is reminding you you didn't actually think about it seriously enough yeah and th- because this is real life you you are actually making the uh the decision right now you if you think that you thought through it already you were wrong because it doesn't it feel different now and like yeah you're right game it does feel different now i thought also i would always or, or uh uh also what also ben is kind of on the other side of this argument now he's saying yeah let me go when before he was like oh, c- c- come on guys so what did you do i i'm desperate to know I saved Ben. Okay. So, I didn't. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel like this is going to be, like, the first major point where our stories really change. Yeah. Well, th- because the uh, the the, t- uh, the text I sent you saying, this is the first time I've really regretted one of my choices, this is it. Um, you regretted not saving Ben? Yeah, I regretted not saying saving Ben because um, later, if you don't save Ben, by the way, do you save Ben every time? Is this like a normal thing or have you not saved Ben in, in a past playthrough? I always save Ben because Clementine wants you to save Ben. I'm like, well, I don't want to piss off Clementine. Kenny's already pissed off. Right. Like, um, what, what am I going to do? Make him dislike me more? There, there's a moment after... Well, I'll, I'll talk about why I made the decision, but there's a moment after it, uh, near the end of the, the episode, where Clementine asks Lee, why couldn't you save Ben? And Lee goes, what Ben did was really brave. Or this is an option. Uh, this is the option I chose. Uh, Lee can say, what Ben did was really brave. He knew that not everyone could get out, and he sacrificed himself in order for uh, us to be way more likely to escape. And Clementine is sort of, like, reassured by that answer. She says, 
oh, that's a good person thing to do. That's what you do when, you know, you're saving the people you love and care about. Mm-hmm. And Lee goes, yeah. Uh, but in that moment, I realized, like, oh, that's actually not it. That's that's super, like, if, if Clementine was hanging, I'd pull her up every time. And I realized mm-hmm. I had, for some reason, devalued Ben. And it's so weird that Gosh, we're on opposite sides why. of this because... You were the one earlier in this podcast arguing, no, what Ben did was actually a thing that should make Kenny upset. And I was saying, no, it doesn't make (laughs) sense for what Ben did to make anyone upset. But now I've found myself on the situation of like, did you save Ben? Like, I didn't. And I guess I didn't because I just didn't value him highly enough. And I didn't value him highly enough. I don't know why. I don't think it really had anything to do with the bandit thing. But like, there, there were people talking to you about it afterward of like, would you ever do that for Clementine? And it's like, of course, I'd save Clementine every time. Would you do it for Kenny? <laughs> I'd save Ken- Kenny probably every time. Uh, probably like, every time. Most most of the people in the party, uh, I feel like Omid at this point, maybe not because Omid has just like, Omid is the game's preferred like punching bag <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Uh, which, oh, which I, love I, I, I love Omi. I love Omi too, to but like I, I get why they're they're gonna do something bad to Omi. <laughs> <laughs> you you have a feeling deep down in your gut that Omi's not gonna survive this season. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm. Yeah, you I'm got sure. an X on your back, buddy. It does seem like the world is throwing rocks at him all the time. Just <laughs> straight. He's like, ow, face. hey, cut, stop, stop, world, stop, cut it out. What I guess I, I really was the Walking Dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you make it work when you say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a me. lot to talk about next episode. Yeah, it, it got me because like my my rationale in the moment of do I save Ben or not was Ben is literally giving me an out here by saying you should drop me. Um, he's giving you permission. He's giving like, you permission, okay. like clear, like you and I both know. If you don't drop me, you you could get attacked by by these zombies, and you wouldn't really have much to do because you can't pull me up fast enough, uh, mm-hmm. and then we'd both die. Uh, and in the moment, I I kind of felt like, yeah, that sounds <laughs> correct. Yep, see, I, I believe you. And, you know, thank you for, for being the person. If you didn't say that, I don't think I'd drop you. But because you said that and you've, like, introduced the idea that you're sort of okay with this, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm going to take the opportunity. Uh, but I should, I don't think I should have done that. I feel, I feel terrible for it. Well, Mitch, that's good. That's good that this game got such a strong reaction out of you. Yeah. Sometimes yes. you regret the choices you make. I do. And for that reason, I wanted to I wanted to say I'm sorry, Dustin. I regret using all of your toothpaste the last time I slept over. Oh, that's fine. I, I will remember that, though. Yeah, it's high calorie, so I wanted food. <laughs> <laughs> so I ate all your toothpaste. I figured you wouldn't miss it. Yeah, but then you woke up the very next day saying, I'm Where's pissed off about toothpaste? my empty toothpaste. And I Mitch, go, let me see your teeth. Let me see your teeth. Well, let me smell I... your throat. Yeah, when you smelled my throat, that's when you knew. But my teeth you weren't given in a way because I, I just swallowed it one <laughs> bite. <laughs> yeah, you just eat it like gogurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, this game has really made me reflect on that, and I am now sorry. <laughs> I'm a toothpaste. That's I okay, wasn't man. before, and now am sorry. We truly are the toothpaste. <laughs> we we really are the walking paste. But I one thing I think is interesting about all this Ben shit is throughout this whole episode, up until now, he's fucking up constantly. Not yeah. one time does he do anything right. It's constant. You screwed this up, and it's just you're downhill all the time. Because it starts out with him running away from Clementine. He doesn't try to save Clementine when they're being cornered by walkers. He's just like, I'm fucking dunion rings with this i'm out of here and so chuck has to save her and then chuck ends up getting killed by walkers well so chuck shot himself he shot himself so he wouldn't become a walker yeah but bait it was because the walkers were gonna be coming in on him He, he just had no way out um so yeah that's another thing ben did and then you tell ben to keep an eye on clementine you're like Look, Ben, you put Clementine in a situation like that again, it's not going to be the walkers you have to worry about. Um, yeah. And you get and the sense in, that Ben's trying to do his best, but he is like a 17-year-old. He's, I don't think he's trying his best. He fucks up every single time. He fucks every up, but like he just time. doesn't have it in him. He's a 17-year-old. Like he's he's. I think they're thinking of him as an adult because yeah. he's nearing that age. And he's also just like tall enough and, and, and man enough to be an adult. He fools you into thinking he's an adult. But 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 he's really not that far away from Clementine in terms of like yeah. m- m- what what does Ben actually have on he's him? He's probably in terms closer of to Clementine than he is to Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's much closer um, in age in Clementine than he is to Lee. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like even even when your simple instruction, your one instruction is to watch Clementine. Yeah. And he fucks that up twice. Twice he fucks that up. Well, you you say fuck it up, but it's it like your instruction is to watch Clementine, but at a certain point, like I'm not going to sacrifice my life for her if I'm not Lee. <laughs> you know, if I'm Ben, I'm not going to just because I was told to watch her does not mean I'm going to let myself die so she can live. It would not be gonna, fair. I'm not going to sacrifice my 15 minutes of time to watch her. Well, he, he doesn't. He doesn't know that in my version of the game, he's going to die. I guess that's true. He's like, I, I gotta make the most of the time I got now. It's running out. So, so uh, I feel like I know about this because of something that they show you at the end of the episode. But let me just make sure by, by asking you straight up. Okay. If you tried to save Lee or save Ben, you just do, right? Yeah. Ben, you pull Ben up, and he's like, "Why? Why did you save me, Lee? Like he, he doesn't quite why? get it." Yeah, he asked why, why you, why you chose to save him. Because it was easy. Like, I, just, <laughs> I, pre- I just did I pressed, it. What do you mean? I pressed a button. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> are there any ramifications at all? Like negatives? Is there any negative side of that at all? I think Kenny doesn't like that you saved him. Jesus. Uh, that's it? I should have saved him. I regret this a you, lot. I It yeah, made it he, seem like to me I'm actually going to die if I don't drop Ben. But like in, in retrospect, I guess I shouldn't have felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> If you die when you save him, then it's like, okay, it'll reset and I won't save him. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but um, it's so funny. We haven't even gotten to my favorite time Ben screwed up. So he's asked to watch Clementine like twice and he doesn't. But, you know, that's small potatoes compared to this next one. Um, so when you're in Crawford... You, you have to barricade a door. You have to keep a door closed because there's a bunch of walkers behind it. 
Oh, and so yeah. you, you, you find a hatchet. <laughs> this is so funny. This gets me every time. So you get a hatchet and put it in the handles of the door to kind of keep it closed. Um, <laughs> later on, Ben comes up to you like, hey, I found this hatchet. Maybe you can use it. Yeah. And, and Lee's just like, um, so where did you get that, huh? And then the door just opens and the walkers come in. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of what I'm talking about, like. He fucked that up, but it's it's not like he made a bad choice. He just didn't have the intelligence to know this. Like, <laughs> you know, like he just couldn't he couldn't possibly have made a better choice there. He he saw what he thought was a good weapon and it like if your brain doesn't tell you it's there for a reason, you don't have a reason to think of it. <laughs> like yeah. for, for Ben, he just like physically did not have the he can't like he's he's just shitty yeah uh, it, but yeah. It, it, it's just such a slapstick scooby-doo type thing to do yeah and just, if you're listening to this podcast and you are 17 years or younger and you're like i definitely wouldn't have done that that's super fair i don't think yeah, i would have done it. i'm smarter thing. than that at 17 yeah ben's is ben's a stupid 17 year old yeah he's a bad we're, we're not saying he's your average 17 year old you listener you're one of the good ones yeah <laughs> ouch yeah um but every time that just kills me every time because they're like well if that's here then what's holding the door closed and then the (laughs) walkers come in uh it's so funny it's classic every time and then brie gets killed and then walkers come and get you and we know how it goes we get it basically ben has a lot to do in this episode yeah so oh here's a question for you okay yeah. Well, I, I guess you already answered it, but uh, you chose to bring Clementine to Crawford, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, it's like, why would I choose to not have a character there? Well, I mean, I, I got it, because at first I was thinking, if I bring her with me, I'm just going to expose her to a lot of danger. So it might, mm-hmm. my first instinct, without really thinking about it very hard, was Clementine shouldn't go. Uh, yeah. So I get to say something to Clementine as Lee, something like... Um, you should stay here and make sure Omid's okay. Because I think that's actually a good use of Clementine because Omid does need someone watching him. Um, but yeah. then Clementine says, but what if Omid dies and then tries to get me? And then yeah. I was like, okay, that's actually a really solid rebuttal. Yeah, you should come. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you you convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> solid argument, Clementine. Yeah, I, I, it, that was a weird time in the game where, like, I felt a certain way and then a character just had a better argument than I had thought through. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, actually, that makes a lot of sense. You should definitely not be here with Omid. That, I changed my mind because of something you supplied. Uh, normally, the, the game just sort of wants to run with, okay, what is the choice? How do you feel? And then every character is going to kind of reflect or challenge how you feel. But with this one, it was, like just genuinely more information like oh yeah that yeah you're right mm-hmm. i will bring you um <laughs> did you not bring her oh no i bring her every time every time. <laughs> why would i choose to not have clementine as part of the story but you also find out okay it really i would have felt bad if i didn't bring her because crawford's been wiped out there's no reason to not well i guess there's still walkers but yeah, there's gonna be walkers. there's gonna more be walkers reason to not way. bring her well there's gonna be walkers either way what if walkers get in the house I mean, I... I guess the house is more fortified, you know, if you lock the doors. 
Clementine can be quiet and just be like, no people in here. I mean, I specifically brought her to put her in the way of fewer zombies. And I mm-hmm. did. I made the wrong call <laughs> in that way. <laughs> um, you don't know. Yeah. Maybe walkers really snuck in while you guys were out and took some of the dog food. Yeah, but I guess the fact that it doesn't matter if you bring Clementine or not in terms of what you do while you're there at the school kind mm-hmm. of emphasizes the fact that like yeah she's ready to do some stuff but not oh she's really not on an adult level right now she does do something at the school though she finally pulls the trigger she well i don't i don't know if this is how it played out for you but when molly gets attacked by a walker mm-hmm. near the end uh i tried shooting the walker but the reticle was moving around too much. Yeah. And then you see the Walker's head explode and she's like, thanks Lee. And he's like, I didn't do it. And then you see Clementine standing there with the gun. Yeah. So what happens like, if Clementine's not there? I don't know. I, Oh, I, uh, I don't know if this is right, but this sounds familiar to me. I think you do end up saving Molly, but she like runs off. She's like out of there when she gets attacked there. Huh? She does. She doesn't come back with to the house with you. Interesting. Which doesn't really matter since she takes off anyway, but, you know, it's still... Yeah, she really didn't even need to come to the house. She was just saying bye. Yeah, honestly, I feel like there's some choices in this season where I'm like, I don't want to make this choice, but the reason I don't want to make this choice is because I, as the player, know that the scene you get is more satisfying if you do it this way. Yeah, like, genuine, generally, if unless it's a moral choice you're kind of just trying to make the choices that make the most characters stick around. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, that's kind of what the end of this episode is about. Uh, <laughs> and, and the only thing we need to talk about there that we haven't really gotten into yet is Vernon. So Vernon is the doctor uh, that was part of Crawford, not the doctor that died and was a bad abortion guy. Um, yeah. And- this is a doctor who got kicked out of Crawford for having cancer. Right, and he's been trying to treat the other people in in secret and avoiding the people from Crawford because the Crawford would probably kill him uh, just mm-hmm. because of the cancer thing. Yeah. Uh, so he has been around the whole time, and he wants to help out your group for sure. Uh, he's a nice enough guy. Um, but like af- the day after the Crawford infiltration, they come back, Vernon's at the house, and he says to Lee, look, Lee, um, no offense to you, but like Clementine really doesn't need to go on this level of high octane adventures with you mm-hmm. and risk her life all the time. You should just let me have her. And he joins the list of people who want Clementine for some reason. <laughs> uh, I, I don't get demand. it. I don't get why she's so in high demand. I think they just want to save her from all this shit going on. They see this little girl and they're like, uh, you know, she probably shouldn't be in this group of people who don't get along and everything's going wrong. Um, at least for Vernon. Uh, but these other two people, the person on the walkie talkie just wants her. And then Jolene just wanted her. So the day after that, you wake up and you realize that Clementine's not there, nor is Vernon. Uh, so yes. you you intuit that Vernon just kidnapped her and took her somewhere. So your your instinct is to go 
to that underground place that where you first found Vernon and the other cancer survivors. Uh, but before mm-hmm. you do that, you get bitten. That's when you get bitten. And then you have to talk to the group and convince different people to go um, based on whoever is still alive. So Yeah, so who was your final group? So it really can be any out of Kenny, Krista, Omid, Ben... I guess those four, right? Combinations of those four. Yeah. And it can be any of them on or off. I love, I really need to like find a video of something of someone who the only person they bring is Ben. How do you even come to that? Yeah. (laughs) Like you're you're basically choosing who your party should be for the final episode. Mm -hmm. Um, So my Ben was dead. So Ben (laughs) was not an option for me. Uh Uh-huh. But the way I, I talk to these people at the end i don't even really know how i succeeded in getting them to come with me or not mm-hmm. but i uh i ended up getting all of them that were still alive so i i'm bringing kenny and krista and omid and myself right um my group is similar in that i had kenny uh omid krista and myself and, not and i told i told ben to stay and watch the boat Okay, so it's the same group, but Ben is just alive and not there. Yeah, but you can end up getting all of them. I know uh, one of my roommates was playing, and he managed to get everyone to go with him. Yeah, in fact, so they give you percentages of who came with you, and they show all the different matchups there can be. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the least common one on the percentages that I have, which we've already determined are going to be different than what you have, is just Lee by himself. That's 6%. Right. And then the most common is just Lee and Kenny at 18%. That's so weird. Because it's so easy to just get Omid and Krista to go with you. Because they offer to go with you. You have to, like, specifically tell them, no, you should not go with me. Well, do you think that has to do with telling them that you have the bite? Maybe. That's totally possible. Yeah, so like if you're honest about the the bite that gets Omid and Krista on your team. Um, but I know what, what convinced Kenny was. Kenny was thinking like, oh man, no, I gotta go and get the boat. I gotta go get the boat. And <laughs> then you, you, you tell Kenny, Clementine's my family. And then Kenny goes, oh man, I had a family once. I and remember what that's like. I barely remember it at this point. It's been so many hours. <laughs> and uh, then he's like, okay, family's the most important thing. That's how you convince Ken- uh, Kenny. So yeah. I got, so we, I kind of wish we had different loadouts, but we have the same group of yeah, uh, Omid, Krista, Kenny, and Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the background, my Ben is dead, but yours is alive, but both of them are not <laughs> with you. Yeah, we specifically told, so if Ben's there, then Kenny says like, what? I'm not going if he's going. And then you can either say, all right, Kenny, you stay and Ben will come. Or you can say, uh, Ben, you stay, Kenny will come. Or you can say, fuck you, Kenny, both of you are coming with me. Oh, you just make the choice then. Yeah, you choose who you want to come with you depending on what you say. Is this um, something that is always the same with all of your playthroughs as well? Yes, and that's because I think what happens if you leave Ben guarding the boat, it, it has a better payoff than what happens if you, if you don't. 
Okay, we'll we'll uh... we'll get into that. We'll get into that when it happens. Because this next episode is gonna be crazy. We're gonna have because we already made a choice that like entire it has a big change on this next episode. Yeah, like just choosing your entire party for this episode. That's such a big change. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I think it's so interesting that the characters that you have to choose from are like. Are like Lee and Kenny, yeah, that makes sense. They've been through all five episodes of this season. Ben, who's always been such a minor character, and Omid and Krista, who just came on so recently. Yeah, now they're part of your party. Yeah, if you were trying to guess who would be one of the options from the beginning of the game, you'd say, well, definitely one of who you save between Carly and Doug, Um, uh, Lily, for sure. And like no, mm-hmm. they're gone. They're they're like it's it's a weird new group. Yeah, um, the only characters there from episode one, besides Lee, are Kenny and Clementine. Yeah. Um, everyone else, the Gonzo. The radio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about the radio. That's how Carly's memory will live on. Well, speaking of the radio. Um, oh, you know the walkie-talkie radio. I, I, my oh, mind went to the oh, yeah. radio Carly was working with. No, 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 the walkie-talkie radio. So yeah, I, um, I'm on the same page now. Clementine must have dropped it when whatever happened happened, and Lee found it, and they try to go to the place where they first met Vernon, and then just no one's there. Uh, and the 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 voice on the radio goes, "Ah, oh, Lee, I'm gonna be creepy now and say it wasn't Vernon." <laughs> <laughs> You thought it was, but little do you know. And then it gives you a dialogue option to ask, who are you? And then the episode ends before you can actually ask the question. Uh, <laughs> very, the most abuse of a cliffhanger I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In a Telltale game. that That's really rude. That's just inconsiderate. Yeah. So, Mitch, when I first played this game on Steam years and years ago when it first came out. Well, maybe like a year after it came out. But the point is... When I first finished episode four, I could not stop myself from just jumping right into episode five right after. Yeah, I really I, wanted to, but I, I I know that I can't. I'm not yeah, you got a show to, to do, yeah. Buster Brown. I'm supposed to be fresh. I really don't know what's going to go on in episode five, except for the I know which party I brought in. Yeah. Uh, I, I just remember clear as day. I was like, all right, I know I shouldn't, but I'm doing a twofer. Do you think it would be a good idea for this podcast for me to speculate in episode five? Or do you think that would be too, like, you're just going to be, you're going to know if I'm right or wrong. So, like, you can't really participate with me. Would that not be fun? Yeah, I I don't want to, like, I know what happens. So even if you speculate, I don't want to, like, even hint it, like, whether you're right or wrong. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't be guessing. I should. Yeah, let's hold it. Let's, Let's hold off. I will. I'll, I'll guess a, a, a small thing, a few small things. Don't tell okay. me if I'm right or wrong. I don't want to know. But okay, um, here here's just where I'm at with the story. Um, I feel that the game is going to have a hard time if I if I brought Ben and with I with me now having Krista and Omid. The game is going to have a hard time making those three characters feel as important as everything else that's going on. And because this is the final hours, I would definitely expect, you know, like some rapid character death because that's the kind of horror genre thing that we're yeah. working in. 
Um, I really have no idea who this guy on the radio is. If it's actually Clementine's dad, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> if that that doesn't make sense at all. Uh, but that, I guess they they could be leading in that direction. Um, uh-huh. I don't think it's anyone we've seen so far. Uh, so it's it it's interesting. I just don't know. Um, uh, I I have speculations about like certain characters that might show up in the next episode. Um. And I, I have hopes of whether they do or don't, but um, yeah, I, I really don't know where we're going. I do suspect, and this is, this is the one like big prediction I'll make, mm-hmm. we're going to stay entirely within Savannah still for the entire next episode. Uh, I don't okay. know. You know. Maybe we will, maybe we won't, but I don't think maybe we're going we go anywhere. To, maybe we go to Uncle Johnny's Clown House. I'm writing down Uncle Johnny's Clown House is something we're definitely not going to be doing. Thank you for right. spoiling that. I thought we had a chance of going to Uncle Johnny's Clown House. <laughs> it's in the back of my mind, but I guess just throw that one out. Yeah, wow. Really just spit in my bathwater, huh, Dustin? Kinda cringe. Just really shit in my bed sheets and say, no, you can't sleep there. <laughs> that is claimed. Um, yeah, that's where I'm feeling about the next episode um yeah i, 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 I guess do ag- i do agree with you that this is the weakest episode so far i do still like it you know i still like following these characters i like making these choices but i do it does kind of you see the cracks a little bit in this episode i feel like it has it, it has more of an emphasis on puzzles and like actually doing stuff mm-hmm. and the choices don't really feel as big except for like a couple of them um so it, it really isn't that impactful an episode. Oh, like, you know what think... we didn't talk about that I what? do hate? What? Um, the sewers. Oh, yeah, the sewer. So, I, I mean, we did talk about it. You, we talk about Lee going in it, and eventually you find that the cancer survivors on the other side. This is a whole puzzle. But it, I just, it, it takes you out of talking to any other character, and it's all like, okay, mm-hmm. now you're doing some stealth stuff like actual stealth stuff like yeah. okay that this is what this game isn't supposed to be about it's not it, it like you you get the the concern of like the the writers thinking man we're doing a zombie survival game where you don't do any stealth like i, I we know, gotta put some stealth in here yeah i i definitely understand that impulse but at the same time don't no don't do that it's it's uh it's just not supposed to be there like the the game the good parts of the game are where you do that really clever stuff like what we were talking about with what they did with the choice to save ben or not or Mm -hmm. uh, other key dialogue points like there's one um when you're talking to clementine at the end of the episode and she goes so do you think we can go see my parents tomorrow and you're given uh, a bunch of selections you're given basically telling her straight up no and or you can couch it and say, I don't think we'll have enough time. Uh, or you can say, yes, but then in brackets it says, this is a lie. It lets you know, this is a lie. You're and not I gonna... think that was so, that uh, like, I it's, it's weird that I think that's powerful because it's actually not giving the player any choice. You can't do anything. But mm-hmm. I, I do think that's powerful because, like, up to this point, you've been given the idea of, like, Okay, you're talking to Clementine, you're talking about maybe you're going to visit her parents, but, like, you know they're probably dead, or at least inaccessible, so you're 
you're going to say that's more of a lie. But now, like, showing you that, the word lie in your option, and then I still picked it, like, I guess I am lying to her, huh? Um, that's that's so really what did she, cool. So what did, what did she do? How did she react when you said yes and you lied to her little Clementine face? She said, you're lying. She she could, she could tell I was lying, and you're like, Ugh. yeah, uh, yeah. Like I say, yeah, we'll go see them tomorrow. And Clementine says, really? No, you're lying. You've been lying this whole time. And then you she cries, stupid ass. Uh, and she she cries herself to sleep. Yeah, I I did the I did the. Uh, you know, we probably won't have time. I don't want to be I don't want to be mean, but I don't want to lie. So I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, kind of got a lot going on. So mm-hmm. did she still cry herself to sleep? Yeah, she just starts crying. She's just disappointed and sad and cries. Okay, yeah, that's, that probably happens every time. It makes sense. Boo hoo hoo! Three D Squelton likes balloons. Three <laughs> D Squelton wants to find his parents. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I guess they have to get her crying so you can wake up and she's not there. Um, mm-hmm. I I really want to see... I, I was leaning toward changing my tactic that I've taken the whole game with her up mm-hmm. to this point. And because up to the whole game, I've said, like, yeah, sure, we can look. Because that has been my actual thought. Like, if we're going to be in Savannah, yeah, why not? We can look. But then um, you find out no one's even in Savannah anymore. Yeah. Um, up to this point, I was, I was like in this option, I was maybe going to say, um, you know, I think they're dead and and try to like do, give her the gift of some honesty for once. Yeah. But do it in a way where you're breaking it to her nicely. Yeah. But I, I really wasn't given that choice. I was given yes brackets lie. And that felt really powerful and a lot like Lee. That, that that felt Lee, that made Lee feel like he had much more of a personality beyond my choices for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I like that a lot. And so, like, that is the strength of this game. So when I'm in the sewers and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do a stealth. Like, I don't want to I don't want to do slowly. a stinky sewer puzzle. Yeah, and then I'm just in the sewers for so long by myself. So, like, I'm not talking to anything. It's mm-hmm. just, it, yeah. I, I just didn't and like the sewers. Also... This is totally circumstantial, but this is also the part of the game that I think looks awful with that new shader in the new collection. This is the one because they had a screenshot of the sewer with the uh, black shader filter on it, and it looks horrendous. I hate it. I hate how it looks. Yeah, I I didn't play it with that uh, on this time, but I can see how it would because it's so dark and gray already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple other notes. Okay. Uh. One of them is something very funny in this episode. I'd feel bad if I didn't bring it up. Well, I'm ready to laugh. (laughs) Yeah, I know this episode's a joke a minute. Um, So this is something me and my sister always joke about like every time. So you know when you get back from the sewers and you're looking for Clementine. You're like, where the hell is Clementine? Ben, you were supposed to be looking for her. And he's like, shut up. I'm not her keeper. Uh, And so you're just looking in all the rooms looking for Clementine. Um. But some of the responses, if you look at other stuff in the rooms, is uh, very funny. Like, uh, so there's a big pile of boxes uh, 
in the room with Molly. And if you look at the boxes, Lee goes, I don't have time for that. I have to go find Clementine. <laughs> and you can, you can just make him keep interacting with the box saying, oh, I don't care about that. That's not important. <laughs> Why am I acknowledging these boxes? <laughs> I don't care about windows. Yeah, and you, it, you can just do it with everything. Yeah. Like, there's a bathroom connecting the two rooms, and if you look at the sink, he says, I don't have time for that. At one point, you can talk to Molly while you're doing that, and then you go, Molly, have you seen Clementine? And Molly says, I can't talk right now. Shouldn't you be looking for Clementine? And <laughs> I guess I should. I hadn't thought about it that way. <laughs> I thought I was doing, I thought I had a good idea asking you if you'd seen her, but I guess not. Um... Um, yeah. and then the other note I have is, uh, look, I love Clementine. Clementine's the best, but in this episode, in this episode in particular, she does not do a good job of listening to you. Correct. She's showing more agency, which is a good thing for her. But like, if you're taking care of a kid, you want her to listen to you. You want her to be by your side because she goes in through the dog door without being prompted she's just like all right well, it's open i'll go that in and was unlock really the door. scary that was, i thought for sure yeah. like well clementine you're, it's been a good run <laughs> you're so long yeah you're you're yeah. dead now you're <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about that choice you made now that you're a skeleton yeah i've been making a lot of hard ones but you just made the toughest one so far uh yeah and, and, and then she sneaks she sneaks out and she finds you at the docks with the boats when Ben's supposed to be watching her. And then, like, she, you tell her to stay in her room when you're talking about Crawford. And she snuck out to listen. She's like, oh, yeah, we're going, right? And those are the only three things. You know, she's a good help in other instances. But, like, that's three times where you're like, Clementine, can you just, like, listen, please? But I yeah. guess that's also some character growth. She's kind of thinking for herself a little more now. When earlier she was just very obedient. You're like, stay by my side. And she's like, okay. And she listens to you a lot. In this episode, she's doing what she feels is best. I think that my overall thoughts on this episode are that it seems like they wanted to get a lot of the other kinds of Walking Dead-esque scenarios in under the wire and they realized okay. they wouldn't have time for them in the final episode because i'm sure they scripted the final episode way up front yeah so and this also, is like a dumping they, they don't point wanna, for a lot of the small stories they don't want to force these things into the last episode like have to do these things they still want to do so it's better to get them out of the way here i i i get that i could see that and i i think that the episode suffers for it a little bit it seems much uh much more scattered than all the previous three yeah. episodes which had mm -hmm. very fundamental ideas to them. Mm -hmm. And this one this one less so. Like, thinking about... Okay, there's this this group of elitists that want to be all kind of... Uh, they want to use ideas of superiority to thin the crowd until only mm -hmm. the strongest are there. And also, there's this superheroine who is like the action hero zombie star. And also... There's like this uh, tough decision where you need to choose to save or, or not save uh, a family member, a, a group member. And mm -hmm. also you've got like this group of cancer survivors of like, well, what if they were in The Walking Dead? That's crazy. And, then, <laughs> and also it's the culmination of the boat story. And also like so many other little things. Like you finally got to Savannah. Savannah's just this, it, it feels like it's not linearly an open world because it's still happening like one after the other after the other it's it, it's an extremely limited uh, 
limitedly linear game on purpose but narratively it does feel kind of like an open world of like i'm doing a bunch of side quests right now this is the side Mm -hmm. quest time Um, yeah you have this the whole bit about molly and her sister and the way she makes you not trust her when you're trying to get into the garage um for the battery and she just like goes on her own and starts really beating this guy up and you don't know why at first like there's so many of those little things in this that are um they they have ideas to them it's not like the worst we've seen in a telltale game so far yeah and it's not even i wouldn't even say they're particularly badly done like the thing with molly i thought was cool finding out like you know what her whole story was but it is like a whole other thing you have to dedicate time to yeah, it it definitely does feel like they're you joked about it, but it feels like they're priming a Molly spinoff with this episode, <laughs> um, which of course did not happen. We know with yeah, the power of retrospect, it. but if I was thinking at the time, I might think, okay, Walking Dead season two is about Molly instead, and I'm, we're going to move to like a different cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I would have thought, and maybe that does happen. I don't know, but uh, I mean, I I'm pretty sure that is not exactly the case. If it is even a little the case. But, but yeah, that's how I feel about this episode. Uh, because of its scatteredness, I think it is weaker. Um, none of those smaller stories hit nearly as hard as the cohesive stories that you got from things like episodes one and two. Uh, and even yeah. episode three to a slightly lesser degree, but it's still definitely there in episode three. I definitely agree. That being said, even though I think this is the weakest episode, I still had a good time with it. You know, I still wanted to see what these characters do. I, I still yeah. like this group of characters. So, you know, one of them has to be the weakest, but I don't think it... It's not like uh, Moai Better Blues or anything. No, Moai Better Blues is... is that It's a lot worse than anything that we'll see but in you know Dead, what? at least for a while. You know what? I will say... If Walking Dead did have a Moai Better Blues, I think that has more potential to sink an entire season than it would Sam and Max. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, if I if I encounter an episode of The Walking Dead from any of season one until the end of season four, which we know is like 23 episodes or whatever, I would stop playing. And I would, <laughs> I would not play all the other ones. Uh, of course, that... I, I don't get that freedom anymore with this podcast. I don't get to make <laughs> decisions for myself anymore. I just uh-huh. have to play them. But in a natural environment, that might cause me to be like, man, I didn't like enjoying... I didn't enjoy that at all. I, I shouldn't keep going. Yeah, like, is it going to be more of this? And I know some people who have felt that way. Like, I have a friend who, after season two, he was like, all right, I, I'm out. And, you know, that wasn't me. I liked season two quite a bit, but... uh you know, it happens. Sometimes you're just like, all right, I'm not really on board with this anymore. All right. Well, Dustin, I think we should cut into our segments. Yeah, let's, hey, let's uh, choice cut into our segments. Okay, choice cut is first because you said it. Um, <laughs> my my favorite choice is actually um, not the Ben thing, although it's close. It, sh- it probably should be, but... The thing I want to say is my choice cut is that little conversation with uh, Clementine I had at the end with the yes, yes lie option. Mm-hmm. That's my choice. I, cut. I knew I knew that's what you were gonna say. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'll say Ben then, so we can just have both of them in there. Sure. Uh, I, I, say... I had I had Ben as mine, but I do really like that that choice uh, affected you so much. Yeah, it was a big one, and it was it wasn't even a major choice. It's just an innocuous little dialogue choice, but it meant something to me. Mm-hmm. Um. My golden moment 
however, is sort of the larger conversation of the given the first choice in the classroom of like, uh, do you leave Ben behind or not? And you say, no, of course not. And then the choice later with Ben and the bell tower, comparing those together is my golden moment. The way that it's That's... the same question both times, but because you have more context, it changes my answer for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something I liked about that, too, is, uh, you know, we talked about it earlier. You did not like what led to this. You you didn't like uh, the whole thing with Kenny and Ben. Yeah. But that ended up leading to your golden moment. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a fun little thing. Yeah, I mean, I still I still think Kenny's reaction is bogus, but like it's it, the rest of the situation I think is is quite well done. I I see I don't think it was bogus, but I like that this game is done in a way where we can have this discussion. Yeah, because if this kind of like level of thing happened in Sam and Max, it just wouldn't matter, you know. It it just yeah. it just wouldn't be something we'd have a talk about. Uh what's your golden moment? My golden moment has to be Ben taking the hatchet out of the door. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Every time. It's just, Ben, uh, where did you get that? I got it from the door over there. I got it from you, Uh-oh. Dad. <laughs> just, oh, man. That's my favorite Ben fuck up. That's like the one where it's like, ah, how can I stay mad at you? Uh, weekly you, guy. You got this. Weekly guy, uh, you go first. <sighs> I think I'm going to surprise you here. I think so. Molly. <laughs> Despite us kind of ragging on her a little bit. Yeah. I I feel like I even led that conversation, but I still, <laughs> I, I'm going off what I wrote after I played it. I'm looking at the page and it says Molly. So Okay. Um, I, I kind of don't feel like I can back that up and I actually maybe should choose something else, but um, it, it, you know, yeah, I I, sh- I will because I, I can't back it up. I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> I think that my weekly guy is Vernon. Okay, uh, Vernon feels like a very different kind of character than we've seen so far uh, in terms of his thought process and on making choices. He's he's very um, generous with his time. He's he's like, oh, you want help? Yeah, I'll help you. Uh, in, in a way yeah, that... Yeah, he helps Omid. Yeah. He helps all these survivors. It feels very different than everyone else in the game because um, uh, because Vernon just... Like, everyone else in the game is like, I need to make this tough decision between this thing and that thing. And then Vernon is like, no, I'll just help. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, and and he wants to help with Clementine later, too. Yeah. And I, I, I made Lee an asshole in that moment. I felt like it was a justified asshole moment of Lee saying... I did, too. Don't don't you fucking say that to me again. I'll I'm yeah. taking care of her. It's fine. <laughs> That's exactly what I did too. You know what's funny about that scene? I forgot I was totally going to bring this up. So, it sounds like you had him on more or less on your side. So, I'm guessing you didn't lie to him. Like you were calm and honest with him when you first found him. Yeah. So, I don't remember what my roommate Andrew did. But boy, in that scene where he's like, for us, it was like, look, I know you're doing your best. I know you want your best for this group, but look, it's it's not working out. F- for Andrew, Vernon was the b- 
biggest piece of shit in the world. <laughs> cool. He's like, fuck you, Lee. You fucking suck. Your Clementine would be much better than with me, you stupid ass. Um, who's your weekly not guy? No, not in those words. Uh, you know what? My weekly guy... I, mm, Is it Molly? <laughs> uh, I think I'm just going to second you and say Vernon, because do you want to know what I had written down in my notes? What did you have? I had weekly guy. Uh, no one, I guess. Because, <laughs> uh, like, everyone's, everyone's really in a bad place. People are making bad decisions. A, there's really not a lot of time for there to be a weekly guy in this episode. Everyone's very tense. Everyone's just doing what they have to do, and they don't always succeed at it. Uh, sometimes multiple times. So I couldn't pick a weekly guy, but here I'm just going to second Vernon with you because you made good points. Well, I, I think the reason I was drawn to saying Molly at first is just because... She makes a bigger impression. Right? She makes a huge she's, impression. She's it, very bombastic in the type of character she is in this world. Early on, you find out that the reason the bells have been ringing is because Molly's ringing the bells in one part of town to attract all the walkers to that part to salvage goods and materials from an other part that won't have any walkers in it anymore because she rang the bell. And <clears throat> like... like uh that that's such a cool idea it feels very like star wars marvel-esque of a character and you know those there's a reason those franchises are very popular because they have those kinds of like larger than life heroes and that hero is always going to make an impression i think that's like what i was feeling right when i ended the episode but as i thought about it more i realized like wow yeah i really don't like what that means for this game yeah, that a person it, like Molly can exist. Yeah, like overall, I think it's fine, but it just feels very out of place among this group of just regular ass people. Yeah, you, you just all of a sudden have this person who can do all these acts. She can walk. She can run on the rooftops, uh, ring these bells. She has this hook. She can she can sneak up behind Lee when Lee thought he was sneaking up behind her. Lee's like, "Wow, Molly, I didn't realize how cool and epic you were." Um, so yeah, I, 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 I like some things that come out of Molly. Like I like her whole story with Crawford, but yeah, as a character, I'm kind of glad she doesn't stick around. And they also never really go into why she is super acrobatic and crazy good at climbing and everything. Um, I, yeah. I expected that to be explained at some point. It's like, oh, she was like one of Crawford's top agents or something. They never say that. They never go as far to say that. Uh, she's just like living in the apocalypse long enough to get good at it, but so is everyone else. So I don't yeah. understand why you don't see Clementine jumping from roof to roof. Yeah, Lee has the core strength to do it, and he's not doing it. Um, yeah, because he doesn't have to. He he knows that that's not a reasonable thing to do all the time. Yeah, um, but uh... so I blame you, Gary Witta. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mister Mister Rogue One. Mr. Rogue One. Um, <laughs> Who's your weekly un-guy? Molly. <laughs> <laughs> she went from being your weekly guy to your unweekly guy. Um, I really didn't like Ben having to tell Kenny at that time. It made me think Ben is also even dumber than I thought he was before. Yeah, Ben's definitely my unweekly guy, but in a way that I like. I like that he's just over and over. It's just, you can't do anything right, you shaggy ripoff. 
yeah, it made me like the moment with Ben, and it made me feel that I should have saved Ben. But also, he still sucks. He's still like yeah, exactly. Yeah, just annoying so, to have around. He's he's my unweekly guy in a way where I like that he's the unweekly guy. It's entertaining that he fucks up so much, but also like yeah, if you were ranking everyone in this episode, he did the worst job. He gets no medal today. Maybe Bree. Yeah, Bree was mean too. She. I, I think there's, like, one point where if you talk to her, she kind of loosens up and she's a little nicer to you. But up until then, she's like, no, Vernon, don't go with him. No, shoot him. You can't let him leave. What are you doing? Don't put that gun down. And then she joins you and she's like, I am I can help, I guess. I'm going to get on that boat. Uh, and then she dies. But I love the one-two punch of don't we get a vote and then immediately getting killed. <laughs> like, that makes me respect her inclusion in the story a lot more. That's that's funny to me. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I'm glad we don't have like a MCU level snark where after uh she goes don't we get a vote and then she gets ripped apart I'm glad like Kenny didn't lean in and say uh I guess that's a no <laughs> <laughs> I I mean the fact that that happens is already kind of some internal MCU level snark but yeah. also it it because it just happened the one time it feels pretty good like the rest of the game doesn't do that kind of thing but sometimes Mm -hmm. (laughs) if if the game's really feeling up to it yeah it will do that shit (laughs) yeah it it know it knows when to hold him and when to fold him yeah when to scold him and when to bold him yeah um that's been our show uh dustin i think we both agree like a 3.5 out of 10 yeah, like it's it is the weakest of the season, but I still like it. I still like going through it. Listeners, that um, was a joke. D- Dustin agreed with it too fast. Three, oh, th- sorry. Three point five out of ten is so low. That's oh, I'm three. Uh, yeah, I was thinking three point five out of five. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's good. It's like it's strong. It's better than a lot of other entire series that we've played so far from Telltale. Yeah, but it's, it's I think it's, it's just when you're playing one of their best games. You know? Yeah, it makes me nervous that, like, I'm if through this episode, I'm kind of seeing how the rest of the series could fall on quality. I feel that. And here's the thing. I, I've played season two a lot, so I know how that goes. I only played season three once, and I don't remember, like, any of it. But I'm looking forward to replaying them and seeing where it goes. I bet. Uh, there's gonna be zombies in it. Oh, wait, we didn't talk about the word zombie. Yes, 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 yes. You, <laughs> we have to. The kid in the attic is labeled zombie. So if you put your cursor on him, it, it says, look at zombie, not walker. Just for that one part. That's, that never even, that's not even what I thought we were gonna talk about. What? What are you gonna that's talk about? That's crazy. I thought we were gonna talk about how Molly calls them geeks. Oh, no, I, that's just lame. I, I, I wasn't going to get into in, that. In my, notes, in my notes, I have, uh, Molly calls them geeks, just call them zombies. Just call them zombies, in all caps. Yeah, and they even have a conversation, like, Lee says, you call them geeks? And she goes, yeah, what do you call them? And Lee's like, we call them walkers. And then Molly's like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> they do walk. They do walk, and they're not that geeky. But... <laughs> The one, the kid in the attic is labeled zombie, and it's like the. I think it might be the one time the word zombie has actually appeared in the game. Yeah. Uh, geez, that. 
how did I let that slide by? I didn't even notice. <laughs> the it, one time. It's just the UI. It's just, it's not even a character dialogue. It's just in yeah. the UI. I guess that's why I didn't notice, because I was looking at the button prompts, like look at, uh, mm-hmm. shoot, smash. I didn't even look in the bottom left where it says zombie. Well, it, no, it is in the bo- the button prompts. It's where it shows up. It's look at oh. zombie. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, f- on my collection, it says what it is you're interacting with in the bottom left corner of the screen. And then, I think when for the but- buttons, it's just like, look at, bash, shoot. Uh, I so, think it, it still does that, but it, it at some... Okay. I don't exactly remember how... Now you're making me second guess it, but I know it said, look at zombie at some part. That's about crazy. the kid in the attic. And they don't just call them zombies. They don't just call them zombies. So it's it's so strange that it just pops up one time. I bet yeah. I bet that was placeholder text. Early <laughs> in, in like like um, early in development, they're they're just like drawing the schematics of how everything interacts in the episode, and they're saying like, yeah. okay, so you'll be able to look at the zombie, and then like so they're just writing it down, and then they they didn't catch that it's not called a zombie. Ooh, whoops. Yeah, so that's interesting. That's so funny. Uh, well, I, that's been our show. Yeah, this has been a long one. We had a lot to talk about. This, although all of these episodes have been like longer than our past episodes. We I was going to say this actually say. might be one of the shorter Walking Dead ones we've done so far. Wow. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, everyone. You missed out on our uh, Crawford commentary. Uh, where can people find you, Dustin? People can find me online on Twitter and Instagram at Amazing DJ Dustin. Mitch, um, you know, you've told me once or twice, but where can the nice people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at the Wolf FM. That's T H E W O L F E F M. By the way, just something I wanted to throw in here right at the end of the episode. Um, you know, neither of us are pretending that this podcast goes out to that many people, but I do see the numbers and there are some people that are affected by it. What they actually also show me in the data I received from this episode is what countries people who listen to the show are from. Whoa. Um, and most most of it's what you expect, United States, Canada, and England, you know, because we're in English-speaking podcast. Um, mm-hmm. There has consistently, for the last one or two months, been one ping from Ukraine. And... I don't, I, I, I bet it, like, Occam's Razor, what it most likely is, is either someone from somewhere else using a VPN to put their location in Ukraine, or just a bot that happens to be running out of Ukraine. But if there is actually a person, and I don't know if this is true or not, if there is actually a listener of this podcast in Ukraine uh, who's going through everything that's happening in Ukraine right now and also listening to this podcast... Uh, I just wanted to say that uh, we see your ping, you know. Uh, I, I don't know Definitely. if that amounts for much, but we, we see that you're out there, and I know that you're having probably a, a really rough time right now, given everything mm-hmm. that's going on. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to say that. And also, uh, if you wanted to reach out, uh, you can, and, and let us know if we can do anything. But also, um, right. we're just your Telltale podcast. And we promise to continue to be that for you if that's what you use us for. Yeah. Unless I, I you're, mean, again, you're probably a bot or someone using a VPN. But if you're not, uh, we see you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, 
with that said, uh, we'll see you next time. Catch you on the flip side.